what could you do? Like, could you fully shut down your computer? And maybe if you're working in the house, could you put your computer or a laptop, if you have it, in a cupboard? Or could you put it in like a locked area of your room? Maybe you've got a safe at your house or something. And so just the action of having to go and get the key and open it is reminding you of like, really, do we really want to turn this on? Is it that important that we have to actually take out some of our chill time to go back to work? Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to episode 132 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. Firstly, I just have to say thank you so much for everyone who reached out and kind of gave me a little congratulations on my book turning one. I absolutely so, so, so appreciate it. And yeah, I can't believe it's been around for a year already, but there you go. Time flies when you're having fun or in like 300 lockdowns. (laughs) And speaking of lockdowns, today it is a coaching session and I am going to talk about something that's pretty much relevant to every single person on the planet, particularly those of you who've had to change your work situation in the last kind of 18 months. But before I dive into that, I just want to, as always, pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land on which I record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and really understand and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. So like I said, it is a coaching episode and if you're new around here, then you're in for a treat (laughs) and thank you for, you know, choosing to spend your time with me. But yeah, if you are new, I kind of have three different types of episodes. So you should definitely hit subscribe so that you get all three. The first is a quick tip and that's usually about 10 minutes or less and they come out every single Tuesday morning Australian time. And it's really a kind of really actionable tip tool or tactic that you can implement immediately in your business and your life. And then every second Thursday, I have a longer coaching episode like today's. And in between, I usually interview a small business owner from all over the world. And on that note, if you're a small business owner and you're listening and you're thinking, well, I'd really like to be on this podcast. I think I've got a good story to tell. Please get in touch. You can just email our team, hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com. Okay, let's get on to today's coaching episode. So if you're listening to this in real time, it is the start of September 2021. And really, it's the kind of countdown for a lot of businesses to the end of 2021. I know a lot of you listening to this are in the retail space. And yeah, about to get into the very, very busy and hectic period. I spent a lot of my career working in retail and head office, and I totally understand the onslaught that is about to come through to you. 
So I hope that today's episode is particularly useful. And I think it's also going to be really, really useful for those of you who've had to change up the way that you're working in the last year and a half. And that's pretty much everyone around the planet. So I guess this episode came out of somebody sending me a DM on Instagram. A lot of people do, and I love hearing from everyone. So if you are not connected, come on over to My Daily Business Coach on Instagram. It's just at My Daily Business Coach. But yeah, a lot of people will send me DMs about all sorts of things about, hey, I'm about to pitch myself to do this. What do you think? Or, hey, I'm in this situation, but I want to start my own business. This is my idea. Where would you go? And I love hearing from everyone. I absolutely love it. But one question that I got sent probably a couple of months ago now was this one. And I thought, you know, why not relate to this in a podcast episode and kind of give my feedback there so that it's not just going to that person that sent the DM, but going to a much wider audience as well. So the question was, how can I disconnect from work when I'm working at home? How can I break the cycle of just opening my laptop after hours or checking and answering emails 24 seven? And the person actually went into a bit more detail and sort of said, I'm home all the time. So people at work know that I'm home all the time because at the time this person was going through lockdown. And so it's almost like there's no excuse. It's not like, oh, I was out or I was picking up the kids or, you know, not that you necessarily have to have an excuse like that, but they felt that they should be checking these things because one, they're in lockdown. Everyone knows they're not really doing anything else. And two, it's kind of like, I'm in lockdown and I'm at home and my computer's just there. So like, I'm just going to do it. And it had almost become a habit. And I guess their question was really like, how can I break that habit of just checking things and checking and going back to stuff after hours instead of actually relaxing or doing other things that were maybe equally as important as their work? And I guess I should preface by saying I'm not an expert at kind of lockdown resilience or if you're in lockdown right now, you know, I have lived in Melbourne for the last, well, forever, but I have gone through at the time of recording at least six lockdowns and some of them were pretty severe and very extensive and they lasted a long time and had a lot of rules attached to them. And, you know, I agree with lockdowns where it's necessary, but I ride all the same kind of emotional roller coasters as everyone else through those. So I'm not kind of coming at this episode by like, you know, I just cruise through lockdowns and all of that. But I guess what I wanted to say is that I have, however, worked from home for six years. This is my sixth year in business and I've run my business always from home. And I guess I'm pretty good at switching off and disconnecting from my business despite not physically leaving work. So like I said, I've run this business for, this is my sixth year. And for the first kind of three to four years, I worked in our study, which was a spare bedroom in our house. And then in 2019, we had our second child and that bedroom had to become his bedroom and not my study. And so we actually built an office in our garden for me. And thank God we did that. But I still, even though, you know, I'm 10 metres technically away from the house, but I'm not like, I'm still at home. Let's be real here. And I work school hours pretty much. I work three days a week between basically 9.30 or 9 o'clock sometimes to 2.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock, depending on meetings. I have one day, actually, I should say one of those days I work a bit later and my son usually goes to after school care and the other one is in childcare that day. But really I work and I live and a lot of my life is in a very kind of 
five kilometer radius, I would say. So I work at home and I've been working at home for yeah, six years. And I go into the house to like get a cup of tea, use the bathroom, make my lunch. You know, sometimes I'll go out the front and just like sit there with my cup of tea. But yeah, I am, I'm literally at home all the time. And so when lockdown came and there was all these memes, like when you realize lockdown life is not that different to your real life. And obviously that's kind of like funny. And at the time, you know, when the first lockdown started and it was sort of like, you know, I don't know, there was some sort of novelty around it. And then it got really, really depressing really quickly. But I guess my point is that I've had to work from home and I had to figure out how I switch off, even though I'm technically not left anywhere. There's no real difference between being at home with my kids and making dinner and being at home working, except that, you know, in the last couple of years, like I said, we have a purpose-built office out the back and I can actually lock it and everything else. But I have had those years prior to that working literally off the kitchen (laughs) for, you know, three years. And so I guess I wanted to talk about how I actually switch off because a lot of people now are working more at home, even if they're working, you know, some of the time in the office, but they're starting to work from home and really maybe this is going to be the way of the future. But I know that a lot of people like that person that sent me the DM find it very, very difficult to switch off because there is no physical parameter. There's no difference. You're not like jumping onto the tube or catching a bus home or going out for dinner straight after work and then getting home or going to the gym and all these other things that really separate you from this is work. Now I've finished work. Now I'm at home. And when you work from home and a lot of you, like I said, this is a newer thing for you. It's very easy to not switch off. And so I guess I wanted to go through kind of my advice for people. And of course, it's just my opinion. You can take it or leave it as to how I switch off, how I've created different systems and processes and rituals in my life so that I can completely leave work and not feel like I have to open my laptop up again. And I guess, yeah, today I really wanted to kind of go through five of these things that have really helped me, that some of them I've had to hone and some of them I'm still trying to hone over the last six years. And hopefully there might be one or two or maybe all five that really, really resonate with you. So in no particular order, here are five tips that I think will help. And obviously there's so many more, but I think these are, you know, five of the best. So the first tip is to have an end of day ritual. And I know there is so much out there about morning rituals and get up at 5am and do this and do that. And I know there's like books like the 5am club and the miracle morning. And, and I got really into the miracle morning at one point, I was doing the whole, you know, miracle morning app and everything else. And I think they're great. They're really, really great. And there's lots out there about setting up your day for success before you start. But I actually think that the end of day ritual or, you know, whenever you actually finish work, are just as important. So for me, this means kind of checking off the top three things or three activities or things that I had to get through that day. And I always put them on a mini memo board, like a little whiteboard. And so I kind of check off those three things, make sure they've been done. I also completely switch off my laptop. So I don't just press sleep, which I used to do. And then I'd be able to just flick it back up and everything would be there. I actually literally shut it down properly. (laughs) And I sometimes light a candle or I'll burn some oil if I haven't had it on already. I have a chill playlist on Spotify and I'll share that in the podcast show notes for this episode, which you can find at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 132 as this is episode 132. But yeah, I like shut my laptop down properly. I light a candle. I'll put on my chill playlist. Sometimes I'll journal for just like five or 10 minutes 
But really what I'm doing, and I've kind of got into a habit of it now, is that it's created a ritual and that ritual signals in my brain and I'm sure my body and everything else that this is the end of the day and this is the conclusion of work. And it kind of then makes it, if I was to then come out to the office, turn lights on, start my computer back up, it's almost akin to, you know, brushing your teeth and then having something to eat at the end of the night. Like, I don't know about you, but I couldn't do that because it's like, oh God, it would just taste like toothpaste. And so I've created that ritual so much so that it's like, done, work's done, not going back out to the laptop. And yeah, sometimes I'll leave my laptop out there, I lock it and everything, but obviously we have security and stuff, but it's a signaling to be like, this is done. Work has finished now. And even though I'm technically still in the workplace, it's done. I'm not coming back to it. That's the end of the day. So that's the first one, to have an end of day ritual. And it can be something really small. It can be just a a small thing that takes a couple of minutes, but giving yourself that space and that stillness to just relax and be like, that's the end of work. In the same way that if you were in a physical place, you might finish the day and then you might go meet friends for dinner or drinks, or you might go for a walk or you might go to the gym or, you know, like I said before, there's a real definite, this is the end of the day. And I think when you're working from home, it's very easy to slide into not having that distinguishing kind of moment between work and home. So that's number one, have an end of day ritual. Number two is physically make the shift. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, for some people before lockdown started or before COVID-19, you know, a lot of people before COVID-19, they physically kind of moved from their work to their car. Say their car might've been parked somewhere. So to walk to the car, get the car keys out, pack up their bag, do all of that sort of stuff. Maybe you got into public transport or maybe you, you know, went to a dance class or maybe you had a ritual that Wednesdays after work, you met your friend for a walk and you went around the park a couple of times. But really they physically moved from one place to their home. There might've been other places in between, but one destination, you know, was the the work. They finished that and then they moved on to another destination. Now, when you're working from home, you're in the same space all of the time. And especially if you're in lockdown, and I know lots of people listening to this will be in lockdown and my heart goes out to you. If you're in lockdown, you know, it can feel like, oh my God, I'm here just all the time. And it can be really, really hard mentally as well. And so what could you do? physically to make the shift. So I talked about the end of day ritual, but physically, what else could you do? So this might mean doing some stretches, you know, it could be dancing. It could be doing some yoga before you get on with like dinner preparation or other stuff that you might be doing. And that really, again, is to signal we are now switching from work to home and we're physically making that shift physically as much as we can with our bodies. So, you know, likewise, you might put some music on and dance. You could go for a walk. So you could even just go for a 10-minute walk, an hour walk if you if you have that time and also that opportunity to get outside, get some fresh air. It could be that you change your clothing. Maybe you – I know there's like jokes and all of that, but I know that a lot of people just sort of started wearing tracksuit pants and kind of wearing the same outfit from like sleeping through the day and then in the evening. And I have to say, I'm putting my hand up there because during the hardcore lockdown for like, what was it, six months last year in Melbourne, I definitely did that a couple of times. I might (laughs) put on like a shirt or something on the top, but yeah, having a few braless days. Anyway, too much information there. But really, 
you know, maybe it's switching up the clothing. And so like, that's something that I do do. And I've always done bar a couple of days in the lockdown last year, but I will dress up. And sometimes my husband will be like, Ooh, you look nice. Where are you going? I'm like, just out the back to work. But it makes me feel like I'm ready for work. I got my earrings on. I got my, you know, I've brushed my hair. I've gotten changed. I've had a shower. And the same thing can happen at the end of the day. So it could be that you have your lounge clothes and you have your work clothes and just switching into those is a physical shift. I'm now in comfy clothes and I'm relaxing and now I'm, you know, ready to make the shift to home. And, you know, you could have a shower, you could go outside with a cup of tea, you know, just for a few minutes. You can even just sort of walk around your house and literally say, I'm going home now and then come into the front door. Or, you know, if you live in a block of flats, go down to the bottom, maybe go for a quick walk around the block and then be like, I'm going home now. Even if you just, you know, say it in your head and it might sound really, really silly, but it can actually trick the mind and make us physically feel like we've shifted from work to home. So that's number two, physically make the shift. Number three is shut down and switch off. Now, like I said before, for the first few years of running my business, I worked inside our house in what was then the study. And I would often just shut my laptop. I would just like shut it down. And I have the way that I work is I have a laptop and a monitor and I would just shut it down. And sometimes I wouldn't even turn the monitor off, which I know is really bad because electricity, but I would just sort of walk out, but I hadn't actually shut down. And so what that meant was that all evening I could just go in and out of between the kitchen and the study and be replying to emails or be amending things or, Hey, let me just play around on Canva for like the thousandth time. And now I'm fortunate, like I said, to have this external office, but even if I was working inside, this is what I would do. And it really, the thing that I do is shut down my laptop, which I talked about before, but I really want to kind of reiterate it because it can be such a small thing that we don't do. It actually helps your battery life. I think that's what my web guy said, but yeah, I fully shut down my laptop which makes me think about switching it on. Remember that whole like teeth brushing thing. You don't want to be eating food after you've brushed your teeth. And likewise, you don't want to sit there and wait for your Mac or your PC or whatever to start all the way back up when, you know, you've properly spent the time to shut it down. The other thing is I'll tidy up my desk. I wipe down my whiteboards. If I have to do it, I do my end of day ritual. And then I lock the door to my office with a key. And that just makes it so much harder then to think, oh, I'll just quickly check something because I've locked it all. Like it's all done. It's all shut up. I've shut the shop, you know, that sort of thing. And I also often kind of switch my phone to airplane mode in the evenings. And I have at times completely removed like my work email from my phone. I do that sometimes when I go on holidays and all of this, it just, it really helps me to fully switch off. So I guess my question with point three, which is to shut down and switch off, what could you do? Like, could you fully shut down your computer? And maybe if you're working in the house, could you put your computer or a laptop, if you have it in a cupboard, or could you put it in like a locked area of your room? Maybe you've got a safe at your house or something. And so just the action of having to go and get the key and open it is reminding you of like, really, do we really want to turn this on? Is it that important that we have to actually take out some of our chill time to go back to work. And so it could be also like just taking the mail app off your phone. If you're like, I don't need to be checking emails every night. Maybe I'll just leave my emails on my desktop so that I'm not tempted to just flick through them, you know, whilst you're watching TV or whatever. 
yeah, it just might just make a huge difference. And so what might you do that will then make it harder for you to switch back onto work mode? So that's number three. What can you do to kind of shut down and switch off and properly switch off? Number four is remove notifications. And I talk about this a lot. I've talked about it in terms of social media, but I think notifications for anything, because especially if you're like, if you're working and I know I have so many friends who are employed with companies and they kind of are like, I'll, you know, be talking to them, say on zoom or whatever in the evening, or, you know, when we're in lockdown or like seeing them and they're like, Oh, I just got this email from my boss. And I'm like, it's outside of work time. So Like, why is that bothering you? Why is it even there? Why is it pinging you and interrupting your attention right now? And so I guess, like, I have no notifications on my phone apart from text messages. I have one for the news, which I need to turn off. Sometimes I have it on and off. I sometimes put it on and then I'll turn it off and then I'll put it on again. (laughs) So, But usually it's just text messages and WhatsApp. And WhatsApp is only family and close friends. So I don't use WhatsApp for, like, anything to do with work. And this has been a total like work in progress because originally I had all social media notifications on for every social media platform, even like Pinterest. And it used to just be like, and other apps, like I used to have other apps. Oh my gosh, just like stuff I did not need to be notified by. So if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, I've got all these notifications and I don't really even know, I haven't thought about turning them off. You can literally just go into your settings and then find notifications. So if you're on an iPhone, it's just settings and then notifications. And then literally you can switch all of them off or you can choose which apps and things to set off to remove. But yeah, I just think that, you know, getting little pings on your phone every time someone sends you an email is like hardly a recipe for disconnecting from work. And that's you know really what we're talking about here. And I totally get it. I'm a small business owner too. I get it. There may be times like launch periods or something else when maybe you need to be a little bit more on, but even then, like, do you need to be checking your phone 50 times in the evening or could you just, you know, check it at a specified time? But really, you know, maybe not even check it at all. And with the notifications, and if you've watched the Social Dilemma documentary, you'll know this. And if you haven't watched it, go and watch the Social Dilemma it's really like these, these, all these programs have been created to be as addictive as possible. And every time we get these little notifications, it's like it's sending these subliminal validation kind of ideas into our mind. And I know when I first started my business and I had all my social media notifications on, I would be like, oh my God, someone liked my post. Oh, someone else liked my post. Oh, someone else liked my post. And suddenly I'd be like glued to the phone instead of doing whatever I wanted to be doing with my spare time or my time away from work. So yeah, I just turn them all off and yeah, I don't get them. The other thing is while I'm talking about social media and I know I've talked about this before in other podcast episodes, but my social media like apps are on the last page of my phone. So I have to like flick over and then I actually have to go into a folder to open them. So they're not, I actually used to have crazily enough. I used to have Instagram right, like, you know, how you can have four apps down the bottom of my iPhone. I used to have like Safari, Instagram (laughs) messages, and I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, I can't believe that now. It used to just be there constantly, and I'm sure my thumb got a real workout pressing it. And now I have a 30-minute limit on Instagram every day, and I have to flick right over to be in there, and then I have to go into a folder. So yeah, just whatever you can do to remove notifications, that's step number four or tip number four. But yeah, do whatever you can, not just for when you're working from home or lockdown periods, but just in life in general, like 
just stop all the noise coming at you. And then number five, and this is a big one, is to set and more importantly, keep boundaries. So I have worked, you know, like I said, it's my sixth year. And prior to that, you know, worked for 15 or 16 years in marketing roles and stuff. And I have literally worked with thousands of small businesses and brands. And I know that a lot of small business owners find it really, really hard to stick to boundaries, even if they've, you know, spent some time setting them up. And in the last kind of maybe six months, I have found myself even, you know, I talk to people about this all the time. I help them set up their boundaries. And I found myself slipping in some boundaries that I had taken years to perfect and to get really tight. And I really recently noticed it. I was looking at my calendar and I suddenly was like, whoa, whoa, what's happened? Because I I love time blocking and I'm very, I love it. It worked very, very well for my business. And on a particular day, I don't see clients. And that's always, well, for at least two years that has been, or three years, that has been the thing. I don't see clients on that day. And I realized because I had allowed this to happen a couple of times every month, there was now clients on that day. And I was like, whoa, 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 this has to stop. This really has to stop. And I was really being tested on that boundary. And I think because of COVID and because of, you know, wanting to help people, I had sort of gone, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. And slowly, slowly things had encroached. And I sort of was like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? I've set up my lifestyle in a way that really works well for me. And I need that day to be client free. And so I kind of thought I could just sit here and resent this and kind of get annoyed, or I could do something to fix it. So I discussed it with my VA and we now remind everyone who books that they can only meet me on certain days if they want to do one-on-one coaching. We also updated the website to say we only do coaching on these days. If that doesn't work for you, we're not the right fit. And we also, you know, went to a couple of clients and said, hey, we need to move you off that day. And if that doesn't work for you, we're happy to give you a full refund. And everyone was happy to move away from that day. And that's the thing with boundaries. Sometimes we're so worried about keeping them because we're like, oh no, it'll really impact us negatively. And it actually doesn't at all. And so, yeah, we updated the website, the booking page and talked to our current clients and kind of fixed that up. And I guess the point there is that it's really up to us to stick to boundaries And that might mean not returning a text from a colleague if it's the weekend, not getting back to emails after hours if you've clearly said this is my work hours and that's when I clock off. It could be not being available until like 10 a.m. for your staff so that you can crack on with your most important tasks. I remember years ago working with an amazing client and she had sort of said, oh, you know, when I come into the office, I'm sort of bombarded with everyone else's staff and I've got to get through my own things. I've got my own stuff to get on with. And also she wanted to think big picture and kind of be that visionary. And so we sort of said, well, what if you just weren't available until a certain time in the morning? And, you know, at first she was sort of like, oh gosh, what if, you know, what if they need me? I was like, there are other people in the office, you know, you're not the only person and everyone's kind of coming to you and you're training them to be like that. And even if you're working from home, you can still have people kind of creating meetings first thing in the morning. And, you know, because they want to talk about something or saying, hey, can we just jump on Zoom quickly? And if you're not actually available until a certain time, then you're setting a boundary. You're able to get on with what you need to get on with. And usually, you know, those other people can often find the answer themselves. You know, sometimes by 
putting in these boundaries, we're kind of forcing people to use initiative and find these things themselves. And I'm not saying, you know, if something really big has happened and somebody really, really needs to talk that you're like, no, but for the most part, those emergencies are not always that much of an emergency to be real. So it could be that it could be sort of saying I'm not available until 10 a.m. or, you know, not working on things that really have little impact to your business during a downtime simply because you're thinking, well, I'm at home and there's nothing else to do right now. I may as well just crack on with it. We need to have those moments of stillness. We need to have those moments of chill time. And often by having those, we come up with our best ideas because we're not stressed. We're not feeling so overwhelmed all the time. And as you so many times you'll hear this in your life, I don't know where it's originally come from, but that whole concept of like, whatever you allow continues. And I'll just say that again, in case you need to hear it, whatever you allow continues. So with this kind of step five of setting and and keeping more importantly, your boundaries, you want to really look at where work is encroaching on your downtime and kind of see which boundaries you need to set up. And most importantly, which boundaries you need to stick to. So just to recap those five sort of tips that may help you if you are kind of struggling to really disconnect from work because you are working from home a lot more than perhaps you were two years ago. Uh, Number one, have an end of day ritual. Really look at how are you kind of ending your day and can you create a ritual so that you really feel like you've turned off from work. Number two, physically make the shift. So if you are able to go for a walk. If you're able to change into different clothes, have a shower, leave some space between work and then whatever it is that you have to get on with. So if you're a parent, you know, yes, you have to get in and make dinner and do all of that stuff, but have some space between those two things so that you're not just rushing from one thing to the next with no sort of ritual or downtime in between. Even if it's for 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes and that can make such a difference. Number three, shut down and switch off. Really look at how are you shutting down? How are you saying, I'm shutting all my tools down. I'm actually, you know, shutting them down. I'm locking the door. I'm putting things away. I'm tidying up my desk. I'm doing whatever it takes to remind myself that this is finished now for the day. And I'm not going to just pick it up because I happen to be at home as well. Number four, remove notifications. Remember, you don't need to be pinged about every single thing. If it's the weekend, you might take your mail app off, put it back on in Monday if if that's how you work. Number five, really, really, really important is to set and keep boundaries. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, there are so many more things that you could be doing. These are just five. And they're five that, you know, I think really, really, really work. And that's coming from working at home for the last six years. And I previously, I should mention, I used to work at home as well. So I used to have my own business kind of doing branded content, whoa, way back in like 2007 to kind of 2009. And again, definitely had to set up boundaries there. And there's other stuff, you know, there's so many other things. You could be kind of changing up your habits so that kind of, instead of like whilst you're watching TV, going to your phone when there's an ad break and like checking your work emails, you might create a habit of every time there's an ad break, you get up, you go and have a glass of water or you get up and, you know, do some light weights or you get up and do some stretches or, you know, something else. But I hope that regardless of there being so many ideas out there, that these five actually give you some food for thought. And if you are finding it really, really tough to disconnect from work and you're finding that 
that is kind of impacting things like your sleep or your emotional health, then definitely consider talking to a friend, talking to your GP or your physician or a mental health professional. Like there's so much help and support available and this pandemic is hard on everyone and don't be afraid to ask for help. And lastly, you know, if you are kind of thinking, well, how can I disconnect? And gosh, if I disconnect too much, I'm going to lose my business. Recently, I interviewed the amazing duo Belinda Galloway and Brie Hankinson for the Windsor Workshop. And that is a physical business. And during 2020 lockdowns, they had to temporarily close and sort of think about what are we doing with this business? And they're just such wonderful women and such incredible, resilient business owners. And it was just such a fun interview to do as well. They're just absolutely lovely. So if you are thinking, well, I need a bit more inspiration, then definitely check that out. It is episode 122 and we'll link to that in the show notes, of course. And speaking of show notes, you'll find the full list of everything that I said and links to everything like my chill playlist on Spotify over at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 132 as this is episode 132. So that is it for now. If you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you could share it with a business friend and or (laughs) come on over to Instagram and, you know, send me a DM and let me know what really resonated for you or maybe one of these things that you're going to try out. So I'm just at my daily business coach and that is it for now. So I'll see you next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.